0: No big deal. Matthew seven.
1: Matthew
0: 7, 1 through 6. Sweet. So, yeah, just don't spill it everywhere. Cool.
1: Where are the juice boxes? Say,
2: 1 to 6? Yeah,
0: 1 through 6. Alright, Jenna, do you want to read one verse So and just go clockwise and everybody reads a verse?
2: Sweet. Do not judge, or you too will be judged.
3: with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measures you use it will be measured why do you see the speck speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye (laughs) Um,
1: or or how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log
3: in your own eye
4: You You hypocrite.
3: First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye.
4: Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them underfoot and then turn and tear you to pieces. Sweet.
0: So. In the past couple of verses that we were studying, what was what is a word that Jesus used continually to talk to them to not be
4: hypocrites?
0: hypocrites. <laughs> so don't be don't, don't be. be a hypocrite. <laughs> and this was the thing is he in all the context before this, Jesus was talking to the um, talking to like don't be like the religious people who are hypocrites. Now he's talking like. You are a hypocrite if you do this. And he's talking to Free Game, his disciples, like, hey, heads up, if you judge people, you're a hypocrite. But here's the thing in that I want to provide context here is that he's calling out his followers if they judge and condemn um, before they are willing to acknowledge their own sin. And the thing about judgment is we live in a culture now where any opposing idea is like, you're judging me. If you, like, we don't agree on the same. you're judging me. And this constant trigger and what people associate with Christians is judgment. Like, think about what, let's just go around the circle and share what, what connotations and what things have you heard when people think about the word Christians? Or what do you think about when you think about the word Christians? I'll go first, I've always associated with judgment. And for the longest time, that is the reason I never wanted to go to church was because my oldest brother is gay. And I was like, the church is historically judgmental of gay people. And I, that was why I didn't go. Don't shout me down now.
3: <laughs> um, I saw a patient and um, he lives in one of those big communities. Um, and... Some new people had moved in, and they were the people that were out on the street corner with the sign saying that you're going to hell. Mm. And that was his opinion of Christians, as that they're just mean people that are just going to tell everybody that you're going to hell. That's it.
2: Mm. I don't know that I have a word. Just when you
0: say that, I just have a giant, like, eye roll. Yeah. I can roll my eyes. Side shape.
3: Side <laughs> eye. always associated the word uh, believers.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I
3: didn't really think negatively or having I'm
4: trying to get
0: water. That makes me feel happy. That maybe means the tide is shifting, guys.
4: <laughs> it has, like, uh you can. Certain. I don't feel like this because I am yeah. a Christian and I know Christians, but it has this like bad taste, right? Like you're like, uh. Eh. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It could go <laughs> either way. <Yeah. laughs> when you, you know what I mean? Like,
4: other, I like. I don't know if you're trying to say you prefer the word believers. Is that what you, what you no, meant? No, it's
3: just what I. If I had to pick a word, I. They're believers. Yeah, and it's positive. Yes, because
0: yes. yeah. I really think it could go either way.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like I think of. Christians, there could be Christians that are really believers and not believers. Mm -hmm. So I think believers is a better word Mm -hmm. than Christians. Because there's too many people gallivanting around as Christians, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Listeners is even better than believers. Because you already assume that you're believing. But if you're listening, Mm -hmm. that's a whole new level, right? Yeah.
0: That's good. I think that, like how when i was a youth pastor this would be the best way i would explain it to somebody is that common knowledge you know that i love my husband i cannot stop talking about him especially on social media it's fine wait for our eight year anniversary (laughs) 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 Um, but if i told you i loved my husband and you're like yeah of course she loves her husband she posts on social media about it she has an she has an occasional verse like she loves her husband But if you saw me in the street with some other man, would you think, oh, I wonder if she loves her husband? Like, because she's out here doing this even though she's saying she loves her husband. We can say all day long that we love Jesus. But if we live and act in a way that is clearly not honoring to Jesus, if I lived in a way that was not honoring to my marriage and to my husband, I, people would wonder well does she really love her husband because she's saying she does but this is her behavior and I think that's something too important to acknowledge here is that there are a lot of people that say they're a Christian and they do the occasional like uh, post about it they will take a photo of how they're in church they will be like yeah I totally love Jesus I love Jesus I am a Christian but if you stand back and observe their life you start to realize some things don't mixed well some things aren't aligned and this is where jesus is telling his disciples he goes here's the thing about judgment and he's not saying judgment in whole because if you if we look at it in all reality we all make judgments we make judgments when we go to a place and the service is trashy we're like i probably won't go back service is trashy like
4: well, we're, we're made to make judgments as a way to preserve ourselves. To preserve Our ourselves. Our brains actually are <clears throat> always making judgments. Judgments, right. making
0: calls, making calls about people, right? And even in these unknown biases and biases that we do know that we have, we make judgment calls as an act of self-preservation because we're trying to survive. Innately, human nature, at the core of who we are, we will make judgments on people, situations, circumstances, places, um, all these things. And so the this this I this part of scripture where he's talking and he says do not judge others or you will and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. This is not a blanket statement for don't judge at all. This is a statement saying don't judge other people by a measure that you yourself are not even trying to reach don't judge people and tell other christians hey you're not a christian because of this this and this without taking the time to acknowledge the own sin that you might have in your life because i'm just so convinced that people are like to the people who stand on the corners and hold signs like one i'll give them props for endurance i'll give them props for commitment But I have never met a person who says, I saw a sign on a street corner telling me I'm going to go to hell. And I thought to myself, yes. Yes to Jesus in that moment. Because nothing builds faith like fear.
4: like it's it's full of hate. Like, you're not going to get anyone to come to Jesus. But boom, endurance
0: and commitment. That's more than most Christians have, is endurance and commitment. So I'll give them that. I give props to Mormons because I'm like, by the age of sixteen, you decide what track you want to go. You go on a mission trip. You start knocking on doors. Okay. I will give you endurance and commitment. Even though your theology is wonky, the fact that you believe it so much that you will give your life to go knocking on doors and asking people if they want to buy the Mormon Bible or if they want if they want to have a conversation with you, endurance, commitment, more than what Christians are uh, like handful of christians are willing to do
4: they take the they take though the uh, <coughs> the physiology of a young man and they twist it they take a teenager and say if you ever want a lady you have to go do this stuff right yeah. they take some uh, uh, <coughs> that's that's not in again that's manipulation again though but they'll do it they'll do it
0: in the sun they will do it in the rain they will do it because what they believe whether or not it's manipulated that's their truth. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so I want us to remember that we can say all day long, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm a believer. But if things in our life do not line up with that, eventually people who really get to know you will be able to say, huh, there's some there, there's some things that are out of whack, out of line. And Jesus here is telling his disciples, there is no point in you telling people what is wrong with them and how they have their life jacked up and all the sin in their life if you're not willing to look at your own life. And so I began to think about the spiritual discipline of reflection and the spiritual discipline of slowing down because I think we live in a culture that is either bear down, plow through, like don't deal with pain, don't deal with hurt, just get through, just get through because that's survival, right? But the ability to slow down and to reflect on your life When you do that, you will begin to see the things in you that are broken and the things in you that are healed and great. But if we continue to bear down as a culture, if we continue to bear down and plow through scripture, if we continue to build culture where the thing is that you come, you sit, you listen, I tell you what to think. Martha tells you what to think. Anybody who teaches her tells you what to think without the need to slow down and reflect. We will always be the people who will judge others because we do not see the own brokenness in our own life. And when you see the, like when I see the brokenness in my life, I can look at people who disagree with me and be like, dude, we're all, this is a journey. I can look at people who are struggling in faith and be like, I get it. Dude, I love you. It's cool. People who are wrestling because I see in my heart, the things that I struggle with when it comes to faith. and. Before everybody got here, Tanner and I were having a really great um, conversation on, is the church a place for people to come and wrestle with faith? Or is it a place where you have to already have your faith figured out and then you go wrestle in private? And the idea, what drew me to this idea is that judgment and shame and condemnation, those are mighty great ways to keep people in bondage. If we come to this gathering thinking that um, there's judgment and there is shame, we are not here because we love the people or we love what we're doing as a body of believers. We're here because we're triggered by something that is innate, which is shame, fear, condemnation. And so when Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, heads up, don't do this. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't tell people their judgment unless you're willing to be measured by that same judgment. And we live in a day where judgment is a scary word and it's a trigger word and people don't want to talk about it. But here Jesus is saying to his believers, to people who say, I've given my life to you. I want to follow you. He's like, hey, heads up, don't do this. And he goes on to say in verse 3, 3 through 5, about just the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own. How can you think of saying to your friend, Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. If you think about the relationship between a friend and someone you love, you have, like, I think of it as in like, it makes no sense to say to Tristan, there is sin in your life and this is it when if there's a apparent sin in my life that is like the size of a log and the log the wood structure that he's talking about like these are beams of wood like the word is associated with beams of wood that would be foundational to homes and the speck is something so small that you can't even see. It's like what is the purpose of looking at someone and saying this sin in your life right there instead of seeing the sin in our own life. And that's the thing, is that when you are so focused on someone else's life and their sin and their relationship with Jesus, it's going to be super easy to forget your own relationship with Jesus, your own repentance, your own brokenness, because it will be easy to condemn and judge others about their lives instead of looking at our own lives.
4: Can I stop you for a second? Do it. So like when we talked last week... And I, and the treasures of heaven and then don't worry. And I <laughs> really was trying to teach it. It was about focus, right? Focus on Jesus. Cause that's our number one thing. But then our next thing is to focus on ourselves, not other people. Let's just love people. Right. I think that that goes really well with how, with what we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. It was all about focus, like focus, not on money, focus, not on the problems, focus on Jesus, right? Just keep it there. And then when we have, when we get that focus, right, then we can focus on our on our internal walk that right mm-hmm. there's a plank in the eye i need to look at my own plank that needs to be my second focus mm-hmm. and then then i can go and help you and i can be of service to you mm-hmm. i think that's what he's trying to say here does that make sense
0: yeah. i think that's great is that the idea of focusing on your relationship because when you when we are focused on our relationship with jesus what we have in that exchange of relationship is not shame and condemnation It is an overwhelming experience of truth and grace. Like that is the person of Jesus. So when we focus on that, then when we lean in to focus on ourselves, there is not that shame barrier that's like, Jesus hates me. Jesus thinks I'm a failure because I don't have everything together. He won't accept me because if you focus on the truth of Jesus, You lean into that because you know that he loves you. You know that he cares for you. You know he wants to be in relationship with you. So you come to that with an openness of I I can share my, I can be like this is my sin and this is my brokenness here because this is who Jesus is. And when we are focused in that way, we love people differently. We don't love people trying to police them and trying to create fear like this is following Jesus and this is all the sin in your life. And these are all the things you need to get right if you want to belong in the body of Christ. And I even feel yucky saying that, but that is what people honestly believe the church is, is a bunch of people who are like, you need to get your crap together if you want to be a part of this.
4: and if you focus is a bit on other people on other people
0: policing other people Mm -hmm. behavior but if you know who you are in your heart and you know where you have like you know your brokenness you love people differently because you begin to think wow god loves me that grace and that love and that relationship that God pours out on me, like I can pour that out into other people. That measure of grace, that undeserved favor that God gives me, I can give to other people. And when you have grace in relationship with people, your focus is not pointing out their sin. Your focus is to love them well. And when they want to talk about their life, they're inviting you into a space where you can say, Do you want my like one of the things that I've learned to say in ministry is do you want me just to listen or do you want my opinion? The people closest to me always hesitate before they say opinion, but they invite you into a space where you're like, okay, this is my opinion, where they're inviting you into a space where like you can tell me what you see, but you have laid the groundwork of love and grace before judgment before telling them everything that's wrong with their life. We're laying down the investment, the relationship. And here's the thing, why we don't do that more is because the metrics of that is not exciting. The metrics of discipling someone for five years before they choose to be baptized is not as exciting as someone came to Easter service and because they came to Easter service and they heard the gospel, they're coming back to get baptized. That is the turnaround is way different. The investment is way different. But it will be relationship with people where we will be given spaces to be invited into a place where you can say, hey, I love you so much. You've asked my opinion. This is my opinion. But they will know that when they we invite them into that space, it will be of love. It will be, this person has not forsaken me, this person has loved me when I've been really great and when I have not been very great, and they love me. And that is why that critical conversation that Tanner and I, I felt like I had with Tanner, Tanner probably thought it was a regular conversation, it was very critical for me, Tanner, was when people come to the church gathering, the body of believers, in no way should they have to believe everything we believe behave the way we behave, whatever that means, before they can belong inside of a community where they're given the freedom to wrestle with this idea of who God is. Because I would rather someone wrestle and question and 10 years later say now, I believe, because in 10 years they have counted the cost of what it looks like. 10 years they have seen people gather, mess up, do great things, celebrate it, be a part of community. Because Jesus walked... With three, three to four years on earth, with t- ideally these 12 people. He had mass gatherings when he would travel, but it was the 12 that he poured his life into with 12 people who messed up all the freaking time. So, you walk from the. Uh, so, Peter, we've been together for about three, four years. You see me do some wild miracles, wild multiplication of uh, fish and bread, walk on water, healed some like crazy stuff, from, even rise a dude from the dead. And Peter's like, I will never, I will never deny you, Lord. Like, I got you. We have been in this. I, I've i seen the things that you are able to do. And Jesus is like, so heads up. When they're about to kill me and they're, like, putting me in the judgment seat, like, when that goes down, you'll deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, I got you. Like, yes, this relationship. And then he denies. He had several opportunities to identify as a Jesus follower. and he denies all three times why is the story relevant even the people closest to jesus struggled when they were faced with opposition we will struggle as we face opposition but the thing is that jesus also said to peter on you i will build my church you and these the, the rest of these beatnik punks." like that got rejected from rabbis, you will go and set the world on fire with the gospel. And it is key that we understand that they messed up. They did not have their crap together all the time. They blatantly denied who he was, but they showed up, they got their butts kicked and they kept showing up. And that is Jesus saying, that is relationship. You will show up in my relationship with you and I will love you. And when you mess up, I will love you. And the key of the scripture is that it is the heart. Is that if you focus on Jesus, if you focus on how he loves you, and you focus on that love and you operate from that love, you're not looking at other people and saying, you're a sinner. Because you're thinking, holy crap, I'm a sinner and Jesus still loves me. Paul, who writes the majority of the New Testament, used to persecute believers, drag them out of their homes and their worship. Made sure that they get persecuted. Made sure that they got killed, and people were in terror of him. So Jesus encounters him on a road to Damascus as he was on his way to arrest more believers. I love it—the irony. If he knocks him on his ass from an ass from a donkey, guys, from a donkey, knocks him down, and he goes, "Uh, Saul." And Saul's like, "Who is it?" And he's like, "It's me, the one you're persecuting." I'm like, "Ooh, bird." And he's blind. He's like, you're going to go here. You're going to be blind. This is what's going to happen. And then Paul turns around, goes and preaches the gospel, writes the majority of what we build our faith in now in the New Testament. So the New Testament is everything after with Christ, essentially. Writes the, the New Testament. And Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. Of all the sinners, I... Am the worst. The dude wrote the majority of what we believe, and the the, and he went and he traveled to all these places and he went and preached the gospel. He rose up apostles, he rose up teachers, he rose up missionaries, he did all these things, and Paul said, Of all of them, I am the worst. I'm the chief of the sinners. Because Paul was like, I my eyes are on Jesus, my eyes are on myself. So I remembered who I was, and because I remember who I was. And what Jesus has done for me, oh, yeah, I can look at everybody like, everyone's fair game. When I think about my story and I think of where I came from, and I'm like, holy crap, you called me to be a pastor? For the first couple of years of my life when I was a Christian and I told people that I, like, grew up with or I went to high school with that I was, like, going to be a pastor, like, what? (laughs) Like, serious? I'm like, yeah, isn't that crazy? They're like, oh, my gosh. And they didn't believe it. (laughs) And I love it because that space reminds me that I have done nothing to deserve the life that I live, but because of Jesus, I live this life. So every person who I wanna encounter, I wanna be like, dude, if you only knew who I was, you'd be like, holy crap, everyone can be saved. Like everyone can hear Jesus. Like Jesus can call anybody because this chick over here who used to curse everybody out and was full of anger, struggled with depression, had her life in a shambles. God met her in that place and loved her. So if God met her in that place and loved her, how much are we supposed to meet people in their space and love them? And it will not yield fast results. Discipleship is not fast. Like, let me just tell you. Let, let's just talk about discipleship. I'm gonna We're going to veer because it could go either way. <laughs> Discipleship is not fast. Meaningful relationship is not fast. It requires investment, it requires time, it requires conflict, because you're gonna have conflict with the people you're closest to. But discipleship, inviting people into that space of following Jesus together, it takes time. It takes so much time, and it takes opening your life. It takes them opening up their life. It takes more than what we in the modern-day church have built believers to be able to endure. Because I'm the kind of person where people are like, 700 people baptized! I'm like, that is awesome! How many people are getting discipled after they're baptized? How many of the seven and nine people are then being invited into meaningful discipleship relationships where they will wrestle out their faith? 6,000 people came to a service. That is awesome. How many of those 6,000 people are then invited into a space where they will wrestle out their faith? 7,000 people. Like My favorite is Easter numbers. 7,000 people came to Easter service. That is awesome. How many will come back and be invited into meaningful relationships? Because that takes time. And we have not built that endurance in church culture of time. We want to turn them. And we want to be able to be like, sweet. You love Jesus. You say you love Jesus. You got a Bible. You have no idea how to read it, but you have it. That's a good step. Let me know when you're ready to get baptized. Hopefully that's in like a three-month shift. And that sounds crass and that sounds broken, but I've worked long enough in churches to realize we haven't built endurance. We haven't built focus on Jesus and self. And so Jesus saying it's really easy to condemn. It's really easy to judge because the language the Greek language for the word judge really means condemn. It's really easy to condemn, to condemn people and tell them everything that's wrong in their life, but will you see what is wrong in your life? Will you see what is broken in your life?
4: I have you permission. have a thought. Do I do. Discipleship. Like, what does that mean? What does <coughs> the church think that mean? What do you guys think that mean? What is, like, that is a weird word. We don't use discipleship anywhere except for church. What is that, what does that mean? Right?
0: What do you think it means?
4: I think that discipleship is me teaching someone else to hear God and to focus on God. Because I'm listening to God and because I'm focusing on God. If I'm not listening and I'm not focusing, I sure as heck can't teach you to do it, right? It's And then at that point, you would teach someone to hear and you teach someone to focus, and then it's on them. It's like I taught you how to ride a bike so you can ride the bike. You know what I mean? You get to choose whether you want to ride the bike or not. That's, how, that's what I think discipleship is, but... Like, I just, I don't know. My, my biggest question is, like, what does the church teach that is discipleship? Like, what is their succinct one sentence Webster's Dictionary? <laughs> you know? What do you guys think?
0: For those who grew up in the church and for those who didn't, what is, what do you think or feel when you hear the word disciples or discipleship? What have you experienced in churches?
2: I haven't. Yeah. I went
1: to Vietnamese church, so I'm not quite sure. Why is that word we use mm-hmm. in Vietnamese
4: church? Mm-hmm. But I
1: think, like, <coughs> uh, about the part that you say, like, why or how church is ditching people on some sort of thing, right? The um, thing is, um, talking about ditching in general, I think any kind of teachers, um, I mean, good teachers, Mm -hmm. um, they they should be a really humble people, which means that they like uh, they not really (coughs) good at what they what they really teaching, but they they want to be better better of it by teaching people. Mm -hmm. So like they it's more like teaching is one of the way that they can practice and, and better of it by teaching others mm-hmm. um, it's not really mean like you have to be a master to of something to teaching oh, someone. Yeah, no that. I don't think that I it I don't think that And so is. like some some church days like I feel like some people they looking at like father or like pastor in the way that like, well it's like mm-hmm. messed up my life or something like that yeah. and I feel like uh, like you gotta
4: be Yoda level before yeah, you
1: do like, like, I do have to look up like a <laughs> like this to really that well Tui you
0: have to look up to most people like that because you're kind of <laughs> I, mean, I
1: mean like I truly they looking up she to, laughs because
0: she knows it's true <laughs> I
1: truly they want to look up to someone that is, as soon as I talk to that person that person actually talks to me, you know like sharing the knowledge and actually they showing that person is really humble.
0: Mm-hmm. like
1: but they not really like perfect of anything they just share what they know or may- maybe they, they don't even do that to be a teacher you know like they, they don't even mean to be mm-hmm. they just become naturally mm-hmm. when they're sharing it and so those are people that I really like as soon as I just hear this you know like, like listen to them and mm-hmm. feel like I could listen to them like forever yeah. so but but for some people like if like they just come and like you know like most of the church that I came to and I like, say Oh, I have done this. I have this experience, <coughs> and you know, even in life too. Like some people that I say, like, like from last time um, at work, that it's not about church or teaching or anything. But like I, in some kind of conversations, uh, we talking about problems, and then, and then one developer that is uh, talking to you know like the person who found the the problem and say like well, this uh, problem there is it's not really a problem. There is no solution at all. It's not necessary to be this way. But the another person who report about that problem and say like, I have 15 years experience in this, it's totally changing the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, like The developer is totally like, uh, okay. So, you know, like it, it totally, because there is a conversation on the chat. Mm-hmm. So usually people are really easy to charge the others. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know. The, Background, otters that that well, you know. So sometimes
0: you want to I, feel insecure about yourself. Report tech bugs <laughs> to developers. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be a button here, but like I don't know.
1: <laughs> 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 so I think it's yeah, it's it's really I don't know. Like in the space that uh, is not really sure who know better than the order It's just really hard uh, to tell. You know, like or um, more experience then whatever it just it just really I mean like my my experience is like I'm usually be a listener more uh, be more like a listener more than actually a talker or actually sharing anything because I'm not really good at, at you know not really public on
2: anything so I guess it's yeah, good I would imagine that um, a lot of people think A lot of Christians probably think that discipleship is a lot of calling other people out Mm -hmm.
4: in
2: in in the um, in the name of teaching them. (laughs) Because like I see that I I have um, a nifty perspective being able to have a large family because I have five sisters um, and they all because I'm the oldest they all kind of look at me, like, I'm supposed to handle situations, like, between family, like, I'm somehow in, in charge of organizing that, and I'm always, like, I don't want to do it, you guys, but it, I can see, you know, this person's doing something wrong, and so then these people get all, like, self-righteous about how they're not doing something, and someone always brings up the, like, don't judge, well, we shouldn't judge them, you know, for going outside of the lines of what they should be doing and and then there's always the other siblings going yeah but they're they're saying they're a christian and they're still doing it you know um one of my sisters is living with her boyfriend and um so then you've got one side where it's like they're almost too timid like they don't want to say anything because it's like oh well we can't judge we need to be nice and we'll just be nice and not say anything and then there's the other ones that are like, well, we're supposed to call it out in other Christians when they're doing bad things. So they, the one side's too timid to even say anything and be in their life and speak into them. And then the other side is being so harsh and being like, "Whoa, this is my responsibility to teach them because I'm a Christian and they're doing the wrong thing. And only coming to that person when they're doing something wrong and saying, you're doing this wrong, you need to turn things around. And then even if they do turn things around, because obviously we're siblings, I've known them for years, this happens a lot. Even if they were to correct themselves, that sibling does not want to be really in their life. They don't stay with them and teach them. They just keep coming back every time they see them do something wrong. It's like, I'm going to speak up and give you Bible verses and tell you how you did it wrong oh, you, you're going to change things and you're going to do good now? Okay, I'm going to go away and wait until you mess up again and then I'm going to come back and mm-hmm. just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's like two sides of it where like with judging or being a mm-hmm. disciple it's like, I feel like some people don't know how to be a disciple because they, they don't want to offend they don't want to judge, they're almost too soft in that space and then the other side is like so harsh that they only want to be around to tell you what you're doing wrong and but they don't want to be there for like the rest of the hard part the rest of the like Mm -hmm. like you said helping them wrestle and loving on them Um, we just haven't been taught any of that Mm -hmm.
0: Jason what do
3: you think I don't know it's a lot of different Uh, either you can be someone who's always right about something and you can always be like, this is the way that I know And this is mm-hmm. the way that you're going to be
4: mm-hmm.
3: Or you can be like, I've lived and I've learned And mm-hmm. here's how you can live and my the same way mm-hmm. And usually when you see someone who's like that And less of, this is how you're going to be It's a lot easier to relate or follow that mm-hmm.
0: That's, good. That's good So discipleship we've made it really complicated because of the way we structured religious community only certain people are allowed to do certain things like teaching people about Jesus and preaching the gospel but discipleship making disciples is something if you call yourself a Christian your call is to go and make disciples but if you don't know what it is to be a disciple, if you, somebody has never discipled you, chances are it's going to be really hard for you to figure out, well, how am I going to do this for other people? Like if somebody hasn't taught you how to read the Bible, it's going to be really hard for you to teach somebody else how to read the Bible unless you have to self-learn how to read the Bible. But discipleship is what did Jesus do? He invited people to live life with him. we hear, We see and we read and we hear the Bible stories of him doing these really, really great things. But those cannot be the only experiences in three to four years of living in and out with somebody. We don't hear or read any of Jesus's like jokes, all of them. We don't hear about all the conversations that they probably had at night about what this actually means. But he invited them into life. He invited them into relationship and he committed to being with them when they messed up. Discipleship is hands down the greatest and hardest journey to ever participate in. Marriage will be and is the hardest discipleship journey ever. But in discipleship, you're saying, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to loving you when you make really great decisions. And I'm committed to loving you when I literally want to shake you because I don't understand why you're being so stupid. But it's a level of commitment driven out of love. It is a ride or die. It is, I will disciple you. I will teach you what I know. And believe me, you know more than most people. And that person knows more than most people. And there it isn't this level where you level up and say, I'm finally ready to disciple somebody. I've read my Bible front to back at least six times. I have read and read every, of the 300 Bible study resources that we have, <laughs> which you should access and use. I've done it. Therefore... I can teach somebody else about Jesus. Some of the best disciples are people who just became Christians because they understand the excitement of this Jesus that they have chosen to follow. That zealousness, that rawness, that somehow over time of being in the church you learn to kind of shave off of yourself. And then the fear is, well what if they teach heresy? What if they do teach heresy? Should we not be able to have a conversation about it? Should somebody have not said to them, "Mm, you kind of pivoted too far to the left, too far to the right. Let's bring it back to the middle.
4: It could go either way.
0: It could go either way.
4: (laughs) But the idea is that
0: in discipleship, in that committed relationship of walking with somebody, spiritually teaching them things that you know, the idea is that someone should be pouring into you. Someone should be discipling you. And you should be discipling someone else. And they should be discipling someone else. It is like the best way, probably doesn't make sense, but it's like a river. Like, like all these ponds are connected and this river is flowing through it. So someone's pouring into your pond. You are pouring into someone else's pond. And they are pouring into someone else's pond. And the idea is that you're constantly being poured into. You're constantly being invested in. And you are then pouring it back out into somebody else. So everything that you learn, you are teaching somebody else because somebody has taught you but what is broken in our culture and in religious culture is that only certain people are able to disciple only certain people are able to teach from the pulpit only certain people have the authority title and position to get up and read the bible out loud only certain people are able to do these things and my heart for each of us is that we would enter into relationship where we can be discipled and someone else can disciple us. And it is like a river. It is like p- being poured into continuously. That's my question. Sorry. If somebody not answer it. He's like, I don't know how to You should be like, hey, we're at church right now.
1: Tap anybody. Not <laughs>
0: oh my God. <laughs> Just throw it to the ground and stomp on it.
1: Oh
0: my God. <laughs> Do that. Do that. Yeah. Do that.
4: No, not a pot. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. But
0: the idea is that it's Continuous and you're constantly learning Mm -hmm. because again it's just an invitation to life some of my greatest discipleship experiences for myself was sitting passenger as my mentor was driving a car putting on makeup and asking me about how my life is and then she would tell me how her life was and what god is teaching her what she's reading in the bible
4: What's up? <laughs> so much it, like It's like what we were talking about yesterday <coughs> how um, uh, we're not willing to get messy. And you mm. can't disciple shit. You can't disciple or be discipled without getting messy. Right?
0: People are messy.
4: People are they messy. Don't get messy. You have to like get in it with people.
0: Mhm.
4: Right? There was another part to that. I can't remember what it was. There. I know,
0: but this is a perfect segue into verse 6 because it really did go either way. Right, and it gets messy. It gets messy. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then turn around and attack you. Boom. What do you think this loaded
4: statement means? You, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> about the pigs? No. Yeah. Well, I, I was reading this one time and I was like, "God, what does this mean?" Like, this makes no, no it's sense. It's so weird. I This is so the same thing when I read it. Right? This is the dumbest It's one passage. of those
0: situations where I was like, "They could go either way."
4: Right? Now. And so and so I just was thinking about it and praying and and he's it's in the judging, so it has to do with judging. So, you know, do not give dogs what is sacred. Don't give your judgment to other people and i think um like we were just talking about that focus we have this amazing ability to i don't know if the word judge is right but focus on our own selves like focus and understand what our problem is like to look inside and understand what our what our sins are and then bring those to the father we have this ability to um work with god to heal our own hearts does that make sense we actually don't do the work but we have to acknowledge it right and bring it that thing and i think that's what this means is that don't use your great ability to see sin so i tell you how you're sinning i'm going to see myself and how i'm sinning, and i'm going to bring it to the father because if, you, if I go around telling everybody, you do this and you do this and you do this, you're all going to like freaking stone me, right? Like nobody wants to hear anyone walking around, standing on, on a street corner, but Jesus, or you're going to hell. Like nobody wants to hear that. So that's what I think it is.
0: To zoom in, what do you think this holy thing is that Jesus is talking about in this verse? Don't waste what is holy. Well, what is holy? What is he referring to? What is the holy thing that he's talking about? What are the precious pearls that he's referring to? What could it be?
1: I guess it's more like a, kind of like, I don't know what, like you say, like we, even though it's like, it's look like we try to have them, but it's truly that, like when you say holy, give them something that is good you know like try to turn them around like for example like uh her sister they you know like in a way that all see something someone doing that thing, they, they try to turn thing around which is basically means like helping them like giving them holy like you know like in jesus name i will help you this you know something like that like i think it's holy is more like uh i know what is with my background, what well, I know what is good for you, so I gonna try to help you that. Mm-hmm. Uh threwing like like through your purse into people, like, <coughs> small, like purse is like something something like heaven, something like good, something it's right thing to do and, and try to tell them that it is the right thing to do. But the second part is saying like if you do that then of course it's not the right way to do that. Right? right? Because you when you helping them with your all of your knowledge and all of your background, basically you just their situation and you helping them that way but still that is based on your judgment it's not based on I don't know it's not based on the true things uh, it's still your judgment only it's still you know like your little brain understand about this work it's mm-hmm. still not what God that could could you know I don't know it's interesting they do. to it's a really, because
0: it, cause it doesn't make sense Right? I think But it's this... like you wouldn't throw good food to dogs. You wouldn't give push you wouldn't give precious items to pigs. The referring what I've read most of the time in the study is what he's referring to is his teaching and the invitation. That Jesus' teaching is valuable, be intentional with how you share it. Because there will be people who receive it and there will be people who won't. But in wisdom you are able to discern when someone is ready to hear the gospel when someone is ready to receive that teaching and that news but that comes with relationship that comes with investment you will know when someone is ready because most likely they will prompt the conversation and again it might be 10 years it might be one day it might be someone interacting with you and think there's something so different about you and i want to know what it is that is then you share this teaching this precious And we are so willy-nilly about the word and teaching because we don't live in a nation where we're persecuted for our faith. We do not have to be fearful of gathering in giant buildings, in homes, wondering if someone's going to come and arrest us. I have like 10 Bibles. I did not have to smuggle the Bibles. I ordered most of them online. Or I went into a store, but I did not have to fear having these Bibles. I don't fear going to a public coffee shop and reading my bible at all i i just do it because i can and so the value that we see of god's teaching of his word is significantly different than people who have to live in fear that they might be arrested and persecuted because they have it you don't give the best food to your dog maybe some people do let's be real people really elevate their puppies <laughs> you wouldn't put a gold ring in a pig snap that is you giving something so precious to something that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. the teaching like Jesus teaching is valuable it is good it helps us live a life where like I have never met a person who has wholly lived for Jesus and said I freaking hate joy I freaking like really regret grace forgiveness and that's trash never met a person who has ever said that but what we have is valuable and we must be intentional in discerning on how to share it because when you are foolish about how you share it standing on the street corner and holding signs is foolish because people will not receive that and what you are saying is a part of the gospel which is when somebody does not have relationship with god the father that God the Father, through Jesus, what we believe as Christians is that they would spend an eternity separated. That eternity separated is known as hell. That is a part of the gospel. That's not the whole gospel. It is shining one light on one part of the puzzle and not shining it on the rest of it. But it is valuable. It is precious. And in discernment, we share it intentionally. We share it in relationship. Because in relationship... You're going to be able to tell if someone is ready to hear it. They will most likely prompt it. But they will also know they can ask because you showed up and you loved them. They might not even know you're discipling them. They might not even know in some way you have invited them in this journey. But discipleship will not always be sitting down and reading through an entire book of the Bible together. Discipleship is across the dinner table. Discipleship is going on walks. Discipleship is not our segments of time. It's going on car rides. It's walking around the block. It's walking to spaces. It's being intentional about building that relationship. And you then there discern, are they ready? Because if they aren't ready, it says in the scripture, they will trample the pearls. They will trample that teaching and they'll turn on you because they weren't ready to hear it but you weren't you weren't listening you know when people are not ready to hear them. like think of somebody in your life who's super resistant to the like the gospel if you can think of them you have been able to discern they are not ready so wisdom has to be intentional about it so how can you be intentional about sharing jesus in his teaching round robin don't shut me down I definitely want to hear from people who haven't said anything I don't know why I'm doing this
4: <laughs> Do you stab right there yeah I did yes I'm a cool pastor <laughs> <laughs> I wear skinny jeans not like regular
0: pastor nah. i cool
2: pastor <laughs> I'm a cool pastor <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> <P-p-p-p-p-> Sunday <laughs> that's my favorite
0: yeah so, how are we intentional? Should I go first and like maybe they'll just start the flow of ideas? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, okay, cool. Uh, being willing to be interrupted is a way that I try to be intentional about sharing Jesus's teaching because depending on how you look at it, every interruption is an opportunity. So, that is how.
4: Next. (laughs) Oh, it's on to you. That handoff
3: was so clear. Be ready for their questions, and Mm. even if you don't have an answer, always be open for their opinion (coughs) or whatever they think about it.
0: It's good.
4: We're going around the circle? Well, we
0: are now because it really oh, forces people now. to think. <laughs> Everybody over here is like, oh, thank god we're going counterclockwise.
4: <laughs>
2: um, <coughs> so I'm in a discipleship class right now through at and we are talking a lot about
4: showing first instead of telling. So like living the gospel and living how Jesus lived instead of like,
2: yo, Jesus, you don't
4: know me, but I'm, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs>
0: 'Cause that works every time.
4: <laughs> Here's my sign.
3: I had a good answer.
0: Should we sit a marinade or just like can We can come it? back. We can come back. Dig deep, man. It's <laughs> been happening a lot.
4: It's been a long day. It's, it's called a- age <laughs> aging.
3: Yeah. Is this what Hurting,
4: or being 25 and it's like. You can shut uh, your Throwing a couple uh, kids uh, and oh, some yeah, sleep deprivation you're time. like this. i my parents all day wins. <laughs> <now. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do
0: you want us to come back whenever you're ready? No, I think I'm ready. Okay. I think it's
3: like all about, it's like experience. You know, it's like, I think like some of the best services I've ever like <laughs> been a part of or been to have been like when the pastors like really lived it, like, yeah. and you can really feel that they've like been there and they've done that, and it's like, those are like, I think that's when like pastors. I mean, it's probably impossible for any pastor to know everything or experience everything in the Bible, right? But it's like when you can tell that they're very intentionally teaching mm-hmm. about this one thing. So that's good experience.
1: experience.
4: Um. Um, just
0: being there for people sure. um, when they're ready to share, mm-hmm. when they're ready to talk to That's good,
3: that's good. T-man? I think a lot of it's relationship. You gotta get to that point where people are comfortable enough to you to even start that conversation. Uh, even though, yeah, you're willing to, to answer their questions the best you can or be interrupted, that if you don't know them, they're not going to ask anyways. So. Mm.
0: That's good, that's good. Yeah. J Mill. Like these <laughs> <laughs> um, I
2: I have three little things that I've been working on because I I struggle with this because because uh, I wasn't taught and so I've had times in my life where I've gone too much into it and did not have anything left for myself. And times where I've pulled back so much so that I wasn't doing anything because I feared having nothing left Mm -hmm. so some things for me is schedule Mm
4: -hmm. trying
2: to make sure that I don't have so much in my schedule that I don't have time for anybody else Mm -hmm. um which is hard because there's been times where even if somebody needed me to be there for them Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know how to because I have too many things that I'm trying to juggle Mm -hmm. myself um and um Another one would be making sure that I am filling myself up because, mm-hmm. like I said, I've, I've gone too far in one way to where I didn't have anything left, and I didn't have, when you um, are not filling yourself up or getting that somehow, you just don't have anything left to give anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's important to do that. Uh, and then the other is... Working on some of my own stuff, like you said, not uh, working on our own problems before we're calling them out on other people. When people do ask me about things, I want to be able to give them a clear answer that is not colored by my own bias mm-hmm. in my own experiences. So, for example, like uh, my my parents are struggling in their marriage, Well, my mom getting advice from her friends who are divorced. <laughs> It's probably not the you know always the best um, if they have not healed themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they still have you know bitter resentment towards their ex-husbands. Um, she doesn't always get necessarily the best advice, even though they are Christians and they are going to church and they are going to Bible study with her. If you are not healing from your own hurts. Um, it's hard to give someone clear Christian advice. That's good. Have your advice. That's so, so good. I'm trying to work on my own so that I don't color other people's um, you know, information
4: they're getting. When we go good. through the process of healing our own our own stuff like with Jesus mm-hmm. and stuff, now all of a sudden I have authority to speak life into that. I actually have... A, God is, gives us authority to... Um, help someone else walk through that as well, because he's done it for us, right? Like that. I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah.
3: Lou in the corner. It's <laughs> I, my mind is kind of uh, drifted. On, I don't I remember the original question.
4: What? I'll do that like in the <laughs> really you I How can know. you be? Intentional. <laughs> <laughs> or how can you be
0: intentional about sharing Jesus's teaching? Or Maybe identifying how someone has been intentional with you about sharing faith, about their faith. We kind of sprung it on you like a lion. You want us to come back? Yeah, I mean, I guess
3: uh, maybe come back. To me. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um. OG. Oh, I guess you just really have to like have a. Relationship with a person before you can really talk to them about who he is. It's kind of like loaded, it's a loaded conversation. And if you can't really, if you don't really have like, if you don't know who someone is, you can't really talk to them about that. It's like talking about politics. You
0: can't, you can't just. So, only talk about it on social media? I don't <laughs> like it. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't
3: even get any started. <laughs> I don't know, you just have to have like a relationship with someone. And not just like a relationship, but a caring relationship. Mm. Where you cannot like, you can judge them, but like in a positive way. I don't
2: know. No, I hear you. If you know where someone's coming from, it is easier for you to know how to speak to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Judgment gets wonky if you make a call on someone and you treat them differently based on what you just learned about them. Because we all make judgments. But if I, for example, if I was to find out something in, you're in my right hand right now. If I found out something about Tristan. We all know.
4: Don't sit there now. <laughs>
0: this guy over here. And if I loved him differently because of something in his life that I didn't agree with, that is poor. That's a bad judgment.
1: Mm
0: is to, now that I know I'm going to treat you differently but we all make judgments across the board we make judgments about each other but if you are going to love someone differently because of it that is when it gets wonky and sideways Tui I
1: think that is uh, honestly I don't like church people, but of course it's easy to church you know, like uh, it's like a basic of how human is. We have to judge eh, to survive, mm-hmm. um, and so like I'm. Um, I think that is judging is is something that is is just inevitable to to avoid. Mm-hmm. Like we, we cannot avoid it; it just happens. And so, but but uh, God like really give us the right that to to. Uh, <laughs> really giving our own time and space to really think about it before you would say anything. So I'm... Uh, I guess I'm just like... I learned it's like to... Uh, uh, to really like... Uh, not really talking about it or not to get talking about someone or discuss about someone's life uh, or some, someone problems. Because I, I cannot really know <coughs> what is the best for that person. Truly. Because whatever that I'm going to say is going to sound so judge- judgment anyway. And it's probably not even the best for for that person. So I think I could talk for, uh I could speak for little, a little bit. So um seeing that we prepare for our wedding.
0: Woo! I'm
1: pumped! No. no. So, so you know, I don't know, like so, some of us probably don't really, you know, wedding. So they we, we probably have like make, uh, get some uh, related to this example. So uh, we prepare for the wedding and everyone asking, okay, uh, you guys going to have a wedding party? At first, we're not really even thinking about wedding party. So someone at like uh, the part of the uh, we at the church day, uh, we're going to marriage, uh, have a wedding at that... Um, you know, like Lula's came to that church, like whatever, last year or last. Tell month.
0: them where it's located, Tui. No.
1: no. <laughs> um, and so, and so, like uh, he, um, you know, like the father asked him that is like, okay, you guys have a a place in mind for the wedding party? And so we we at first we did not, and Lou actually had one eye ears, uh which is he's also you know trying to keep a secret. The, like he doesn't want to, to tell everyone yet but because father asked him so that he's mentioned the, but about the place okay so I will not mention about how expensive it is because it doesn't really matter for this example but after that he told the partners that the place that we're gonna have is blah and the day is response is wow that's too much that's evil that <laughs> you know that money too much money that is evil and um and so like Lou's so sad um he he was so sad and he came home and then then he told me that is oh that is the place i always thought that you know everyone gonna you know um having a good time together and it's also a really good you know sunset sunrise or whatever (laughs) and so like he he, his intention is, is really good he doesn't mean to show off or anything but because of what father said, that we cancel that he canceled that plan, and so like we pick somewhere else that you know like to fit whatever people are judging, right? And and so you know like the list of people that we invited, people will judge this way, and so by the end of the day, when we are so tired of like where did we should pick to make everyone happy, and I keep telling him that you should not let what people are judging you. Um, to to affect your decisions Mm -hmm. only you and me will know exactly why we do so like whatever the place doesn't matter that it's expensive or cheap or even nothing that is what we feel like what how that we want (coughs) um, to celebrate our happiness you know with God in our mind in our heart not just like what people think about it so that is a terrible example that I can see that uh, people we could you know, like I, we could really easy get judged by people mm-hmm. um, and we also then can church back people you know like church people back like why do they think in certain way about us but like you said that is a of like a it's kind of like a process say to to really building the relationship mm-hmm. with others honestly the whole guest list that we have not all of them that we build a really close relationship mm-hmm. and so it's easy to guess that they judging us and we it them, of course. So then, it really makes sense at this point. That is like, oh, now that I know why that is, this this thing is so hard, but because that we don't have that close relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, but we have to invite them. That is <laughs> a good. Thing. Yeah.
0: That's so then really this, good example. Yeah. So
1: I kind of learned um, how that you know how that work. So I'm not so stressful the next time that if someone judges me some, about some certain things so that I could like sit down, really think about it, mm-hmm. then we do have a good relationship <coughs> with that person, okay, we don't have a really good relationship with that person, we can sit down with that person, talking a little bit more, asking them what they think about it, you know, and, and get through it, maybe they're changing their mind.
4: Um, I loved your example of like the ponds and the rivers going into other ponds I think that's really important but I think that if we want if we want to have water to give to other uh, people not only do we get it from other people but we get it from the father mm-hmm. and you can say that's rain and rain fills up a pond way faster than any river does right so yeah I think that's it I mean if we have If we have a right relationship with the Father and he is our focus, everything else lines up. We will automatically disciple without strain or striving, right? If we are connected to Jesus and we are following his um, leading in our life, we're going to do all the things that we're supposed to do. We don't have to strive and worry about those things Mm -hmm. and spin our wheels. Oh, am I doing the right thing?
0: So, yeah. so what are practical applications these are really deep super long too you can't preach what you don't practice and that is key here in this chunk of scripture is that you can't tell other people who are trying to figure out how to follow jesus how to follow jesus if you are not intentional about the way you follow jesus Check yourself before you wreck yourself. This is a super biblical one. That's my favorite one. Yeah, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Is that, check your heart. Whoa, 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 whoa. I I did it. mom. But check yourself before you wreck yourself. Is that it's so easy to tell other people, not even in faith, but in any arena, what they're doing wrong without seeing what you could be doing wrong. It's so easy to blame other people instead of accepting blame. And so in these scenarios, practical application is to take a step back and think, do I need to say that out loud? And one of the best, best things I have ever learned in ministry is uh, what I call the three-day grace space. And the three-day grace space is if I feel so bothered by somebody or something that they're doing or something like that, I wait three days to say something because by the end of that, those three days, if I have prayed about it, I have sat on it, I have worked it out, I will be able to identify, is that a problem I have directly with them? Or is this a problem I have with Jesus? And they're just kind of exacerbating the issue that I have with Jesus. And so the three-day grace space has been incredibly intentional in building relationship because you have the three days to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because words are like bullets. Once you shoot the... Once you pull the trigger, it's out. You don't get to come back. This is my favorite version. Is like in... On Facebook, if you edit your post, people can see your edit history. So, that stupid thing you said the first time? Yeah. And you edit it? Nope, they can see it. I have to, like... That is the perfect That Once it's out, once you say something before you check yourself, you don't, you don't, it's like vomit. You don't bring it back
2: in.
0: (laughs) It's just out there. You're
4: so disgusting. That's
2: your dog. And then
0: the last one is know your heart. Are you judging somebody? Are we judging someone because our heart is not in our right place to love them? Are we judging them because in our heart we're not willing to deal with our own crap inside it's so important to know your heart and knowing your heart will require the discipline to slow down and to reflect and so those are the three applications that I have for us from this scripture is you can't practice, you can't preach what you don't practice because I'm so positive that people are just so done with seeing Christians being hypocrites of saying this is truth but not living according to it this is love but not loving people this is it and then we don't live that way accordingly because there's enough people out there who said I just the example I like for me I love my husband I can tell you all day long I love my husband but unless you see it in the way I live my life you will probably begin to question whether or not I love my husband people can say all day long I love Jesus I love Jesus they can say it all day long But just because they say it doesn't mean it's actually true. Your actions have to align. You have to show before you get the space to tell.
4: The last two, well, all all of these, this is, like, emotional intelligence. Maybe next level. Not a lot of people, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, emotional intelligence is being able to (coughs) understand your own emotions and how they work out, like... I don't know. I just noticed that, like, it's a lot of self reflection, which people who are not emotionally intelligent have a hard time doing, right? It's like.
1: Yeah, it's really. It's not that
0: easy, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a
4: scary place to know your heart. Mm -hmm. Because when you know your heart,
0: you know all the great things, but all the really junky things. Yeah. To reflect on yourself, you face. It's like you're facing a monster because you see what you're capable of. Any person that spends time reflecting on self, there's this moment of like, I'm like, this is who I am. And knowing that space affects the way that we love people because when you are in that space of knowing to the depth of who you are, that homeless person on the street who is dirty and who is aggressive that is a person, that is a human being where on the outside we might be in different circumstances but on the inside we are two human beings who are struggling with our reality, struggling with self, struggling with maybe things we don't even understand. That it, when you know yourself and you bring humanity to yourself, it is easy to bring humanity to people because you know who you are and where you've been and what you are capable of. And that is the good and the bad and the ugly. So this, like the super biblical, like check yourself before you wreck yourself, know your heart, this one up here, you can't preach what you don't practice. That requires slowing down, reflecting. And if you're like, oh, that's not my jam, then I'm gonna say you're probably not gonna get very far when it comes to that self-reflection. But sometimes it could just be the practice of writing things down that come to your head in a journal, that you carry around. It could be being willing to come to somebody and say, hey, could you disciple me? Which also feels like a very awkward conversation. It's like, will you invest in me spiritually? Will you mentor me however you want to dice it? It's will you be intentional about investing into my life? When people, like a life rule that I have because I only have so much time, is when people who I don't know come to me and say, will you disciple me? Like, will you take that intentional time to meet with me every single Saturday morning? I spend a good 40 minutes, say, like asking questions. And then a good 40 minutes scaring the crap out of them. Because for me, discipleship is intentional. So if I'm going to give my Saturday morning, I need to know you're in it. Because I only have so much time set aside for that. That I want to disciple the people in my inner, like, I want to disciple people here. I want to disciple people at work. I want to disciple relationships that I've had for a really long time. And I will generally direct people, like, after I ask a lot of questions and realize that what they have in mind isn't what I have in mind, we're not on the same page, then I connect them with a better fit of somebody who would probably be better at discipling them because there comes a wisdom where knowing what you're able to do like jenna said like that fear of like giving out so much that you have nothing left is the idea. when i talked about the river and the ponds was strictly in discipleship relationship that there should be somebody pouring into you you should be pouring out into someone else but at the end of the day you are filled by the holy spirit believers are filled that is what sustains us But if you you cannot pour out what is not being poured in, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, you cannot give what you do not have. It's like spiritual credit. You're spending things that you actually don't have the resources to pay for. And you will hit a wall. That was really good. I'm going to write that down. Bring that somewhere else and talk about it. Okay.
4: Okay. Yeah. Which part? You will hit a wall?
0: Probably like this (laughs) part.
4: On Sunday okay. morning when
0: I'm preaching Wenatchee, I'm like, Am I right? Do this one. This
4: is the new cool one. <laughs> that's, that's the new one. That's a, is that the new one? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <coughs> ask ask that the just thing? turned 20 yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's called Catch the Whoa. What I call, <laughs> I call, I call exactly it, actually, not. Shut not. up, <laughs> mom. What I call it, though? My kid said, Catch the what? i I'm not it, I that. said something else because I always take like their That's funny dances. That's not in my mind. It sounds like restrain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta catch it and bring it in. <laughs> Catching it out here and bring it in, and I can throw it to, you, and then you would catch it. I don't catch it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> do that. Do OG that.
0: Oli, can you pray for the end of their sermon?
3: Yeah. Oh <laughs> boy. <laughs> Okay. So it's not just the
0: people. All right. <laughs> um
3: uh Lord Jesus, i just like to thank you for the um people here at this church and just thank you for these relationships that we can have with each other. And um Lord, I'd just like you to um really just help people just acknowledge that um uh, just being in a relationship with you takes time and um, uh, to just be in a relationship with um, other people and just to preach and help like, them learn about you just like it takes time and uh, yeah in Jesus name it for Amen oh, man. Cool, 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 um, cool, cool. That's right, it was great it was
0: Awesome It's about being ready in an Odyssey. (laughs) Like at any
4: moment, Aunt can call on me. (laughs) I can go like this next time, but that feels so awkward.